you lift your hands and begin to worship the name of the Lord? Begin to give him praise. Begin to honor him. There is none like unto him. He is the ancient of days. He is the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. The immortal God, the invisible. Lift your voice to worship him. Worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Mighty and everlasting Father, we worship you. Idebube chineke idiomimi chamamo idikwa itunanya ochimo ikalile chichemadu ezemo odiyoye dikagi odimane mema idebube Gracious Father, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to come into your presence. There are people in the mortuary, but you brought us in your sanctuary. Lord, as you have come before your presence, speak to us the ancient word of life. Let your word illuminate in our lives and bring forth transformation, bring forth refreshment, bring forth renewment in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, speak to us, Lord, in the very language you will understand. The Lord, the climax of all things, all glory shall be returned to you. This we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We appreciate God for his mercy upon our lives this morning, bringing us in his presence. One of the best places we can be is in the presence of God. David says, I was glad when they say unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. We thank God for such a privilege he has given to us. My prayer is that God will continue to bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. The theme of today's service says unity in Christ. Unity. If you open your bulletin, that's the theme of the Church of Nigeria. Unity in Christ. Now we'll be speaking on the topic unity in the body of Christ. Unity in the body of Christ. Let's open our Bible to where we read the New Testament lesson, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, from verse 26 through 29. We are going to measure in, that, in those verses. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who we are baptized into Christ have called, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Unity in the body of Christ. Anytime you are talking about unity, you are talking about the state of being in agreement. The state of agreeing together, working together in order to achieve 
a common goal. Unity in the body of Christ is a fundamental doctrine that is manifested in the oneness of believers in Christ. On their common relationship with God as believers, unity is one of the fundamental things or fundamental doctrines of the church, or rather of Christ himself. And we, as the people of God, it is very important that we pursue unity anywhere we find ourselves, be it in the marketplace where you are trading with some other people, be it in your family, maybe as a married person, maybe as a child in the family, be it in your office, the people you are working with, the Lord expects that unity shall reign in that place. As believers in Christ, in our groups, in our, in our organizations, in our various areas of services unto the Lord, God expects that we be united. It's a very important thing the Lord desires from his people. In fact, Jesus prayed for the disciples in John chapter 17, verse 20 to 21. As he was concluding his ministry, he prayed a prayer all through John chapter 17. You will see where Jesus was praying. I, in verse 17, he was praying about sanctification, that God will sanctify them by his word, for his word is true. Then in verse 20 to 21, he began to pray for the unity of the church. In verse 20 of that John chapter 17, Jesus said, My prayer is not for them alone. Talking about disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Verse 21. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. One of the things that we show that we are people of God is when there is unity among us. And of course, there will be no unity when there is no love. So love is what that begets unity. Unity of the church is a means of propagating the gospel. It's one of the ways we can make the gospel to be accessible to unbelievers. We cannot make the gospel to be accessible when there is quarrel among brethren. When a brother in the fellowship is not in good terms with another brother. When a sister in the fellowship is not in good terms with another sister. If the gospel must be propagated to the unbelievers, if souls must be enriched, if lives must be touched, if souls will be brought to the kingdom of God, unity is very important in our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul was writing to the church. Paul was appealing to them. He said to them, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. That all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no division among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thoughts. We see also Paul praying, for the brethren, urging them, pleading with them that they agree with one another. You may have issues with your brother. You know, at, 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 in every relationship, there are times disagreements may come. There are times quarrel may arise. But in the midst of quarrel, we must remember that we are Christians. We must remember that our master is interested in the unity. Even if the person that, that 
brought up about the problem is not interested in pursuing unity. You who understands the mind of Christ, it is expected that you foster for that unity. So Paul was pleading with these people that they agree with one another. He did not encourage division in the body of Christ. Unity in the church is very important. Anywhere there is unity, that is where God's grace is revealed. In fact, in Acts of Apostles chapter 4, verse 32, 33-34, you will see the records about the church. But we say that all believers, they were of one mind, they were of one heart. Nobody says that this thing belongs to him or the other belongs to, 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 to the another. They share things in common. And Bible says in verse 34 of that as apostle chapter 4 that with great power the apostles gave witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord and much grace, great grace was upon them all. Anywhere there is unity, the power of God is revealed. Anywhere there is unity, great grace is revealed. If there is unity in the family, when husband and wife lifts their hands to pray, heaven will answer them. If there is unity in the fellowship, when the brothers and sisters gather together and pray, heavens will be open. But once there is no unity, you can shout and shout, you can pray and pray without achieving any result. So brethren, God is interested in our unity. God is interested. Today, a lot of things divide the church. There are many things that divide the church. There are false prophets who divide the church, who divide family with fake prophecies. They will tell you that it's your grandmother that is responsible for your problem. They will tell you it's your mother-in-law that is responsible. And by the time you know it's quarrel, we certain. We must not give attention to some of these things. Few years ago, it seemed that the, that the church of God will separate. There were we different kinds of gospel. Even today, we hear so many gospel. And this gospel brings about divisions in the church. You see ministers of God preaching what they are not supposed to preach. Prophesying what they are not supposed to prophesy. Teaching what they are not supposed to teach. A few years ago, we heard about the teaching of grace. Where people are encouraged by preaching of some men of God to engage in all immoral life, to engage in sin, that the grace of God has covered them. Anybody claiming to be sent by God, but causing the church to divide, either by his message, either by his prophecy, either by his teaching, that person lacks the godly wisdom to rightly divide the word of the truth. Or he may be influenced by the demon. Jesus Christ is interested in our unity. As a preacher, as a teacher, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a leader in, in the group, your teaching is it the one that unites the church or the one that divides the church. I believe that when the scripture is studied under the Holy Spirit, confusion will not be seen in the church. We saw the power of unity in Psalm 133. When God opened the eyes of David, David talked about unity. Talks, he talked about the, uni, the, the goodness of unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. David was writing, he was speaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. I pray it will be uh, put on the screen. Psalm 133, 
Psalm 133, the media, you can put it on the screen. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Is, that, is it there in your Bible? Verse 2 says, It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robe. Verse 3. It is as if the dew of Hammon we are falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord restore the, the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. David described unity as good and pleasant. And of course, anything that, that is good can only come from the Lord. Any good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 17 made us to know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, with whom there is no shadow of turning. He described unity as an anointing. In verse 2 of that Psalm 133, David says it is like the precious oil poured on the head of Aaron the high priest. The oil ran down upon his bed, and from his bed went down upon the collar of his robe. That shows an overflowing. Anywhere there is unity, be it in the family, the anointing of God overflows. Any church where there is unity, anointing of God overflows. When people who are sick enters that church, they will not live with their sickness. Unity is an anointing. Do you need the anointing of God in your life? Foster unity. Do you need the anointing of God in the church? Promote it in the group. Promote it in the organization. Do you need it in the family? Be at peace with your husband. Be at peace with your mother. Be at peace with your father. Stop all this quarreling and you will see the mighty hand of God revealed in your life. David went further to describe unity as the dew of Hammon falling on Manzayim in verse 2. In verse 2, in verse 3, he says, It is as if the dew of Hammon we are falling on Mount Zion. That shows showers of blessing. Anywhere there is unity, the blessing of God operates in such a place. Anywhere there is unity, the blessing of God must be evident. In fact, in that verse 3, if you read it with King James Version, King James Version says, There the Lord commanded his blessing. The word command shows it must surely come. The word command shows means it is not negotiable. It is not something you beg for. Where there is unity, God commands his blessing upon that place. Brethren, do you need the grace of God in your life? Do you need the power of God in your life? Do you need the anointing of God in your life? Do you need the grace of God to be revealed in such a great way? Do you need the blessings of God? All these things, we can achieve them. When we are united, unity is very important. It's very important. Unity is worked out. You may be in a family where there is no unity. You can work it out. You can press on. You can pursue that. Bible says, pursue peace with one another. Even if peace is running, pursue it. It is your duty to work it out. It may seem that it is not achievable, but with your effort and with the grace of God, you will see yourself achieve that unity in that your family. Are you married to a place where the brothers are not living together? There is quarrel everywhere. As a wife that is married in that family, 
you can promote unity. You can ask God, Father, give me grace to promote unity in this place. It is by our efforts and by the grace of God that we will achieve unity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, Bible says, make every effort. is an instruction. is an encouragement. It is building on us. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Can I tell you, child of God, unforgiveness is the hiding sin of the heart. Somebody offended you, you refuse to make peace with that person, you refuse to unite with that person. Unforgiveness is the hiding sin. The highest thing that can hide is unforgiveness. You may claim that nothing is happening, but once you see that person, you will still remember that evil he did to you last five years. There are people, the evil their husband did to them, they recorded it. On, in the year 2000, he did this to me, he did that to me. And you are expecting grace of God in your life, and you expect the anointing of God in your life, and you expect him blessings of God in your life, and you expect him that you will prosper. It will not be so until you foster unity. From the scriptures we read, we saw that all these things men are craving for. They are embedded on the principles of the kingdom. And one of these principles we must pursue is unity. God desires that we reconcile with those who offended us. That person in the group that offended you, that made you to not to be coming to group meetings again, that made you not to be coming to fellowship again, the Lord is telling you this morning to forgive that person, to promote unity, to foster unity between you among that person. I am praying that God will give you the grace to begin to work it out. Work it out in your life. Let it settle within you. Let it settle that I am a person that desires unity. It must first settle in your life, which is your Jerusalem. Then you can stretch it to Samaria, you can stretch it to Judea, and then to the utmost parts of the earth. I am praying that God will continue to unite us as the Mount Zionites. In our various groups, that God will unite us. In our various organizations, that God will unite us. In our families, that God will bring peace and the unity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with me, shout amen like a thunder. Shall you rise? Let us rise. Lift your hands. Say, Oh Lord, give me the grace to foster unity. Say, Oh Lord, beginning from today, help me to promote unity anywhere I find myself. Oh Lord, that person that offended me, today I forgive him. Today I forgive that man. I forgive that woman. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Lord, as we have heard your word, may the light of your word continue to illuminate in our lives. Give us the grace to foster unity anywhere we find ourselves. That when men look at us, they will see, say of a truth, that these people are the people of God. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 2 Bible said something there For you are a choosing people To the Lord your God And the Lord has chosen you To be a people For himself A special treasure 
above all the people who are on the face of the earth. That's the word of the Lord for the people of Israel. Out of all the nations, God chose them to become their, his possession, to become his own people. And that's, that is what exactly Jesus did. Jesus chose us, his people. He redeemed us by his blood. He called us out of darkness and made us a people of his own possession. We have read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God. He is our possession. He is our inheritance. We are part and parcel of the kingdom of God. And the purpose for which the Lord has called us out of darkness is for us to declare the works, to declare his praise, to make the world to know that this God is awesome, to make the world to know that this God is the best person to follow. We are called out of darkness, darkness of sin, darkness of all manner of evil. He called us out of darkness. If you read Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9, Bible said there that you we are darkness. For we, we are darkness. There is a difference between that somebody is in darkness and that somebody is darkness. So Ephesians emphasized how dark, how evil we were, how the way we were before the Lord called us. He called us by his mercy. What a loving God that we should be counted among his people. He called us to become, to share in his marvelous light. He called us to be a partaker of the light that is revealed in Christ. No wonder the Bible says that you are the light of the world. The reason the Bible says that is because we have been called out of darkness. We have been delivered from the, the, the platform of being the children of darkness and we have been translated into the kingdom of the marvelous light and we share in the light of the Lord. I am praying for every one of us who is still in darkness that after this morning you will be a part of the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. Brethren, we are called to declare the praises and glory of the Lord. First Peter chapter 4 verse 12 said something. The Bible said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in faith, in spirit, and in purity. If we are called, if we are being called, if indeed that the Lord has called us, if indeed that the Lord has chosen us, if indeed that we have become the people of the Lord, brethren, there are things that are expected of us. We are to show example. We are to show the world that truly we have been called out. We cannot say that we have been called out, and yet there is no difference between us and those who are still in darkness. If we have been called indeed, there are things that we show that we have been called. There are transformations that must take place in our lives. According to First Peter, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, the first transformation is that there will be a change in the way you talk, your speech. There should be a difference. 
You should not be talking the way the world is talking. Your way should be seasoned with thoughts. When you talk to people, they will see Christ in your speech. It's unfortunate there are people who profess Christ, but what that comes out of their mouth doesn't represent the Christ. They say they profess. Brethren, evidence that we have been called out of darkness must reflect in the way we talk to people in our speech. What we say are there things that are gracious. Bible urges us to make our words to be seasoned with salt. That we as believers should speak graciously. Another evidence that we have been called out is in our conduct, our life. How we conduct, how we live our lives. We show that truly we have been called out of darkness. I want to ask you, your life, the way you live your life, is it in conformity to the standard of God? Is it in, in, in balance? Is it in equality? Can people say that this life is truly the life of God? The believers, Christians, we are first named Christians in Antioch because of the way they live. People looked at their life and see that there is no difference between these people and Christ. And they said that these are Christ-like. Evidence that we have been called must be seen in our conduct, in our life. Must be seen in our love. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love that person by your side? Do you love that person you are living with in your yard? That's your colleague in your, in your place of work. Do you love him? Is there any way, is there any evidence of love among you? When you have been called out, you will show the love of Christ, even to your enemies. If you have been called out, we must show the evidence must also be seen in the spirit. We must align our spirit with the Holy Spirit. We must align ourselves with the Holy Spirit. We must allow our dictates to that of the Holy Spirit. These are the things that now we see and say that truly we have been called out of darkness. Another thing, evidence that we have been that we show that we that we have been called out of darkness is that we will declare the praise of God through our faith. Our faith. Are you still holding tenaciously to the faith that, has, that was once for all delivered to the saints? Can I ask you, is your faith still intact? Is there anything that can take your faith away? Is there any challenge that is capable of driving you out of the kingdom of God? Unfortunately, there are people with the troubles of life Lack of money, maybe barrenness, affliction, temptations, all kinds of trials have been driven out of the kingdom of God. What is that thing that can separate you from the love of God? If eventually you don't have a child, can it separate you from the love? We used to hold the necessity to the faith. We are God out to declare the praise and glory of God in our life of purity. Righteousness and holiness. These must be evident in our lives. God has called us to declare his praise, to reflect him as our God. This reflection of God must be seen in our words, in our conduct, in our love life, in our spirit man, in our faith, what we profess. Impurity, righteousness and holiness. I am praying that God will help us that as we move in this journey of our pilgrimage, that we will end this journey 
at the feet of Jesus Christ. We will not say that we have been called out and eventually we end in hell. God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Can you say, Father, give me your grace. Help me to manifest the evidence, the results of my calling. If I go see now, even though have been called out, oh God, make it make them to be evident in my life. Talk to God. Pray that the Lord will help you. Pray that the Lord will help you. That you will become a chosen generation indeed, a royal priesthood. We are called to offer spiritual sacrifices. Say, Father, help me to manifest the evidences that have that show that have been called out. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. It pleases you, Lord, by your grace to call us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Gracious Father, help us that every, at every point in time, the evidences that we have been called must reflect in our lives. Those who are still wandering in, the, in, 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 in sin, Father, we pray for your deliverance. May the blood of Jesus deliver them from all their sins and bring them into the sheepfold to join, to declare your praise and glory. Thank you, ancient of days, for in Jesus' name.